Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Not long after I passed my driving test, I found myself driving down a country road not too far from my house. It was a road that I knew fairly well, and so uh, even though it was a 60 mile an hour speed limit, and even though there was no street lights on this particular road, and I was driving down it at night, I felt pretty confident as I did. But then as I was driving down it, it began to rain quite heavily. And so instinctively, I went to switch on the windscreen wipers. But somehow, I accidentally, instead of switching on the windscreen wipers, I twisted the wrong uh, stick, and I ended up actually switching off the headlights. Everything went black. I went from complete peace to complete panic in a matter of a second, and it felt like it lasted for eternity. In reality, actually it was probably only about a second because I quickly uh, turned the headlights back on and I switched the windscreen wipers on and everything was back as it should have been. But in that split second, everything that I had come to rely on was completely stripped away from me. Now, that story has been coming to my mind a lot as we've gone through uh, the last few months. And it actually makes me think of what a lot of us have have experienced over these last few months with the pandemic. You know, everything that we have come to rely on has either been stripped away from us or is at risk of being taken away from us. Our jobs, our finances, our health, our future plans, our ability to have relationships, to see one another, all of this has begun to be stripped away. And it's no surprise that throughout this pandemic, there's been so much fear and anxiety among so many people. In fact, I recently heard someone say that right now we're facing two pandemics. We're facing a health pandemic, but we're also experiencing a fear pandemic as well. And each of us has had to deal with, over the last few months, a lot of uncertainty. We've all had to deal with the reality of a loss of control over our lives and our world around us. And it's easy to allow fear and panic and anxiety to come in when that happens. And anxiety, uh, you may be unsurprised to know, to hear, that actually it has uh, profound negative effects on our, on our bodies, on our minds. It has a, a lasting impact, not just a, a short-term impact, but a long-term impact. Now, just to give you a bit of an idea of, of what some of these are, uh, here are some of the physical effects that it can have on us. It can give us an increased amount of headaches. Maybe you, over the last few months, you've noticed that you've been getting more headaches. But it also actually has been proven to weaken our immune system. You know, the thing that uh, we rely on to fight uh, sickness and illness is actually diminished when we are anxious. It can create muscle aches. It can create extreme fatigue. It has a profound negative effect on our bodies. But it's not just a physical effect that it can have. It can also have emotional and psychological effects as well. For example, when we're anxious, we actually become more irritable. Just ask my wife and she'll tell you any time that I'm anxious, I become really irritable. 
but it can also create depression in us. It can create negative thought patterns. It can create a loss of concentration. It can be harder for us to focus on what we need to do. Now, hopefully you didn't need me to tell you this, but anxiety is not our friend. So that leads us to this question of where do we find peace when our world seems to be falling apart around us? You know, the disciples of Jesus found themselves in a particular situation where they were asking the same kind of questions that we're asking right now. There's an extraordinary story in the Bible where Jesus uses a particular situation to teach his disciples what it looks like literally to have peace in the midst of a storm. You see, Jesus had been preaching to a large amount of people one day, and he'd been preaching to the crowds all day. And then as the sun began to set, he wanted to pull away from the crowds. And so he, he turned to his disciples and he said to cast out the boats so that they could actually go over to the other side of the lake, away from the crowds. And we pick up this story here in Mark 4. It says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? Now, when I think of a lake, I think about the lake that's just outside my village where I live. And this lake is a pretty typical British lake. It's only about 50 meters wide. And you know, even in the, the fiercest of weathers, it really doesn't create waves that would be considered dangerous or life-threatening. But that is not the kind of lake that this passage is actually talking about. You see, the, the lake that they're referring to here is actually the Sea of Galilee. Now, hopefully the word sea paints an ac- accurate picture in your, in your mind of just how big this lake actually is. In fact, this lake is 13 miles long and it is 8 miles wide. I decided to, to look up how long it would take somebody to cross this lake. And, and with today's technology, it would take someone about two hours to sail across it. And so these disciples, they are in the midst of a storm on a big lake that is often referred to as a sea. They weren't facing small waves. They were facing big waves. These were a real threat. What's more is actually a lot of the disciples they would have been fishermen. They were fishermen by trade. And so they were people who were used to dealing with storms. They had weathered plenty of storms in their past. They knew how to handle a boat. And this storm is so significant that the disciples are actually struggling to keep control of the boat and water is beginning to come in. Now these guys are not dealing with irrational fear at this point. They are dealing with a very real fear. Their lives are at risk. And they begin to panic. They begin to lose control and they lose perspective. And out of that lack of perspective, they begin to turn to Jesus and give him what seems to be a threat. And they say, teacher, 
Don't you care that we are going to drown? You see, the reality is that where there is a lack of perspective, there is a lack of peace. The disciples had completely lost perspective and as a result, they lost their peace. And the scary thing is that actually this then creates a vicious cycle that actually we begin to uh, lose even more perspective. When we lose peace, it begins to change the way that we think. It begins to, way, to change the way that we process information. That it, uh, we lose judgment when we experience a lack of peace. And so they actually begin to question the character of Jesus. Now, I think one of the most intriguing aspects of this story is the fact that Jesus was actually asleep on the boat. He was asleep in the middle of a storm. Now, it's said that Jesus had been preaching all day to large crowds. And, you know, I, I, I preach for 30 minutes and the first thing I want to do is take a nap afterwards. And often that's exactly what I do. So I can understand that as Jesus was on this boat, he must have been exhausted. He must have been so ready to sleep. But I also know that I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. You know, it takes a lot to wake me up. But I don't think I could have slept through a storm like this. You know, I think Jesus was able to sleep in the midst of the storm because he had so much peace in his heart that he was actually able to sleep. His environment wasn't actually able to trouble him. So the disciples, they actually wake Jesus up and he turns and speaks to the winds and the waves. And this is what he says. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Jesus, out of the place of peace, he had so much peace in his heart that he was actually able to bring peace to the world around him. Jesus is teaching us a valuable lesson here. He's actually teaching us that when we have peace inside us, we can bring peace to those around us. Peace is not just available to you, but you can have peace that you can then give to others. You can actually have an influence on other people around you, other people's situations and circumstances. You can bring peace into the midst of that. But Jesus, he doesn't just turn to the winds and the waves and speaks. He actually also turns to the disciples and he says this. Then Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no peace, have no faith? Now, I have to say, I kind of, I feel for the disciples when he says this. Because I think if I was in their shoes, I would have responded in exactly the same way. And I think we all would have. And it can kind of feel like Jesus is maybe just being a little bit harsh to the disciples here. But he's teaching them a really valuable point. See, Jesus is teaching them that actually peace the matter of peace is actually a matter of faith. See, peace is not based on our circumstances. Real peace comes from knowing Jesus. Real peace comes from knowing Jesus. 
We don't have to have the right situations and circumstances in order to receive peace. Jesus says, where is your faith? Because he knows that it is possible to have peace in every situation. And so he's asking them, where is your peace? Where is your faith? What is it that you put your faith in? You see, the disciples had put their faith in their circumstances, their situations, their abilities and their understanding and their knowledge. They put their faith in their boat. And when the storm came, it stripped all of those things away and they were left with fear and anxiety and panic. But Jesus says that we can have peace even in the midst of the storm because real peace comes from knowing Jesus. So one of the, uh, the ways uh, throughout the Bible that Jesus is referred to uh, comes from a passage in Isaiah where it says that uh, Isaiah calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he's able to give us peace because he, out of his abundance of peace, is able to extend it to us. Not long before Jesus died on the cross, uh, he was explaining to his disciples all that he was about to do. And he could see that they were troubled by what he was telling them. And so he said this to them in John 14. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus can give you peace. He can give you a peace of heart, a peace of mind. He's able to still your heart and your mind. But he also says that he doesn't give as the world gives. And he doesn't give as the world gives because the world cannot give you true peace. The world around you, the circumstances cannot give you that. They can only give you a false sense of security. Ultimately, everything in this world can be stripped away in a moment. This pandemic has shown us that that is what, is, what can happen to us. You know, so often, if we are reliant on our circumstances and our situations to give us peace, then we have to control them. We have to do all that we can to manage them to maintain that peace. But this pandemic has shown us that that is not a good strategy. It's shown us that there's so much that we cannot control. But the good news is that Jesus can give us peace in the midst of any and every situation. So how do we have this peace? How can we have peace in the midst of any and every situation? You know, it can be hard to actually maintain that. There's so much in this world that demands our thoughts and our, our attention. We have the world's problems at our fingertips, not to mention our own problems. So how can we have peace in the midst of a storm? Well, the, the prophet Isaiah, uh, when talking about God, he says this in Isaiah chapter 26. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. He's showing us here in this passage two key practical things that we can do to actually maintain peace in any and every situation. 
Firstly, he says that he keeps in perfect peace those who trust in him. It's when we learn to trust in Jesus that we're able to find peace. You know, it's so easy for us to actually uh, put our trust and our dependence on our own abilities. And when things start to go wrong, we start to try and fix them ourselves. But it's only when we recognize that we can't fix it, but Jesus can, that we actually give him that invitation to give us peace. I found in my experience that there's two key ways that we can really learn how to trust in God. So how do we develop trust? Well, the first is that we need to surrender control. Now, as I said, when things start to go wrong, it can be so easy for us to try and maintain control and try and regain control. But actually, we need to take that step of trust by actually accepting that we're not in control and that not everything is ever going to be able to be in our control. And when we actually turn to Jesus and say, God, I trust you with this. I give you control over my life and over my situation. That is when peace is able to start to come in. The second thing that we can do is actually develop relationship with Jesus. You know, one of the ways that you know whether somebody is trustworthy is simply by spending time with them, by getting to know them. You know, the way that I know that I can trust my wife is that I've spent so much time with her. I can see how she responds in certain situations. I've gotten to know her personality, her character, and I've learned that she's trustworthy. And when we develop a lifestyle of not spending time with Jesus, of not actually developing relationship with him, then when it really matters, it can be hard to actually trust him. But likewise, when we actually cultivate a lifestyle of spending time with Jesus, of getting to know him, of studying his word, then we begin to learn his character, we begin to get to know him in a deeper way, and we actually, it paves the way for deeper trust when we really need it. We need to develop trust with God. The second principle that the prophet Isaiah teaches us is that He will keep in perfect peace those whose thoughts are fixed on him. We need to learn how to fix our thoughts on him. So how do we fix our thoughts on God? Well, again, I find that this is a two-step process. The first step to fixing our thoughts on God is that we actually have to take our minds off the problem. You see... There are so many things that can come into our minds that can dominate our thoughts. What if I get the virus? What if someone that I care about gets the virus? What if I lose my job? What if I I can't get the things that I need? It can be so easy for these things to start to dominate our thoughts. You know, these are really, they're real, they're understandable things to start to come into our our head. And often it can seem an irrational thing to do. It can seem an irresponsible thing to do to actually stop thinking about them. But the reality is, if these are the sources of anxiety in our life, then we have to cut the cord and stop them from actually having that influence over us, even if it's just for a few minutes so that we can get perspective. We have to take our mind off the problem. 
And this isn't about uh, just pretending that they don't exist. This isn't just about uh, burying our head in the sand and hoping that everything will just go away. This is about shifting our minds off of the problem and onto the solution. This is actually about shifting our minds and, and, and shifting our attention on to the one who can actually calm the storm. And that leads me to the second part of this, which is to give your attention to Jesus. Give your attention to Jesus. One of the most effective ways that I have found over the years to do this is through worship. So worship has a profound ability to shift our perspective. Simply put, worship is actually just where we sing songs declaring who God is and what he's done for us. And it's hard to declare that without it changing the way that we think. It's hard to do that without it shifting our focus from the problem and onto Jesus. You see, when we begin to declare that God is good, that he is faithful, that he loves us, that he cares about us, that he has our best interests in mind, that he is powerful, that he can calm a storm. It's when we declare these things that it begins to sink into our hearts. It shifts our perspective and peace enters in. And we no longer face our problems from a place of anxiety, but we face it from a place of peace. And we can speak that peace into our situations. Give your attention to Jesus. So where are you experiencing anxiety? You know, maybe uh, you hear that question and you think, well, I'm not really experiencing any anxiety. I'm actually fairly peaceful. Well, let me ask you another question. Is there anywhere in your life where you are putting a dependency that is actually creating a false sense of security? Are there any areas of your life where if it was stripped away, you would lose your peace? I want to encourage you today to put your, your peace, put your trust and your hope and expectations into Jesus. Let him be the source of your peace. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.